So maybe Chris Ballard knows what he's doing. Look, I may disagree with 100 things about the Indianapolis Colts and social justice, this, that, and whatever, worthy of a conversation that I'd have with Chris Ballard or Coach Riker or Jim Irsay anytime, any place, anywhere. But when people started yelling about Chris Ballard, oh, what a terrible draft, oh, how ridiculous, oh, you didn't get a left tackle, what about the blind side? My gosh, don't you care about Carson Wentz at all? You mean the guy went from being a genius at the draft to being a total schmuck overnight? Tony Katz in 93 WIBC, good morning. Maybe not a total schmuck. They just signed Eric Fisher's, Fisher's, Eric Fisher, from the Chiefs. But how bad is that Achilles? Kevin Bowen joins us right now from 1075thefan.com. And you look at the signing, Eric Fisher, one year, $9.4 million. Let's start with the basics. Why didn't Chris Ballard pick up somebody from the draft? Yeah, he was pretty adamant that basically there were no prototypical left tackles uh, in the 2021 draft. They felt like there was a need for defensive line help. You know, Chris has missed on some defensive line picks. And that was a big focus for them in those first two rounds. They didn't have a third rounder, obviously, going to Carson Wentz. So um, those are the reasons. They felt like Quiddy Pay in the first round and Dio Dangbo in the second round were clearly the best options on the board when, uh, when their picks were up. So they said there wasn't anybody that fulfills the role. When they were doing that, did they have an, an eye on Eric Fisher? Well, I think without a doubt, yes, certainly. I mean, Eric Fisher was released by the Chiefs back in March, so they knew full well he was on the table. Obviously, there's some prior history there. Chris Ballard came to Kansas City two weeks after Eric Fisher was drafted, number one overall in 2013. So he watched Eric Fisher early in his career make the switch from right tackle to left tackle. So there's certainly some some history there. Um, having said that, you know, this is a move that is certainly short-term and not long-term, and, and that long-term question about the future post-Anthony Costanzo um, at left tackle still remains up in the air. Talking to Kevin Bowen from 1075 The Fan, 1075thefan.com. Uh, uh, you've got the, the, the Achilles, right? You, you've got this issue. Uh, but give me the, the report on Eric Fisher. Is this a move that Colts fans should be happy with? You know, I think if healthy, Tony, uh, which, again, is a big if, as you mentioned, the Achilles injury from back in January, this is a guy that can give you Anthony Costanzo-type play in the immediacy at left tackle. Um, so if he is able to avoid the injuries that he's had each of the last two years, he had a core injury in 2019, missed half the season, and whenever he gets healthy, whether that be late September, who knows, here this fall, um, again, this is a guy that can give you uh, the type of left tackle play that will keep this offensive line in the, you know, whatever, top five-ish offensive lines in football. And I think that's paramount for Carson Wentz. Um, I think this offseason lacked a little bit of support for Carson Wentz at the skill positions. I was surprised the Colts didn't do a little bit more there. Uh, But if you're able to keep your offensive line more than afloat, uh, that should help a guy that, you know, has battled injuries in his career. Now let's get into the the draft overall. Your take, uh, it's a lot of defense. Uh, in, in that one-two punch, uh, do you think th- – what? how would you grade Chris Ballard's performance? You know, I kind of gave it like right around hovering a B, Tony. Um, I think kind of a low B. Um, the uh, the Adengbo pick in the second round is a real interesting one. He's also coming off a torn Achilles. Um, if healthy, again, this is a guy that can be a big-time piece for you moving forward. 
down the road. My issue, again, just comes back a little bit to left tackle in that you knew Anthony Costanzo was hinting at retirement for several seasons, and it was kind of a multi-year um, lack of attention you gave that spot in the draft. And now you look at your roster, and it is a little bit patchwork, and obviously Eric Fisher, again, if healthy, um, he can give you something that you know is close to Costanzo, but still, uh, that was probably my, my one issue. I really like the tight end they took in the fourth round, Kylan Granson. I think he can come in and give you a piece to your offense that was lacking a bit. Um, and then Quiddy Pay, by all accounts, you know, tremendous character. Um, needs some development as a as a rusher, but give you a little bit higher floor as a pass rusher that I don't think a lot of rookies at that position come in and give an NFL team. Speaking of tight ends, the Jacksonville Jaguars give Tim Tebow a one-year deal He's now a tight end, which if he had done eight years ago, nine years ago, he'd still be in the league. Is this all for fans in the seats, or do they actually think he can catch? Yeah, I don't know if they want to get a few more people to sit around the pool there in Jacksonville this fall. Um, but, yeah, I don't, obviously the Urban Meyer connection plays into a lot of this, but I, I, to me it's more publicity stuff than anything. I'm kind of tired of Tebow, to be honest with you, the whole baseball thing and now this, so. Uh, yeah, I, I do not see him making a football team, but I think Urban Meyer is obsessed with him. Urban Meyer wants his winning culture attitude inside that locker room, and we'll see what that does for the Jaguars. So you're not impressed? No, I'm not. I'm not. I think it's a waste waste of a roster spot. Granted, you know, it is about 90 guys at this time of the offseason, but Tim Tebow's never played tight end. So, uh, yeah, it, it, again, it seems more like a uh, – you know, PR move than, than anything to me. Before I let you go, I, I know you're busy. I know you're up against it. Uh, the Pacers right now in ninth in the East. Is there any chance of them uh, being able to squeak up and actually go to the playoffs? Yeah, I think they really need Miles Turner and or Malcolm Brogdon back for that to be the case, Tony. Um, like you said, a win last night. They really needed to kind of, you know, they're teetering a little bit against the Cavs, but um, winning two of those playing games against a Washington or a Boston, that seems a bit daunting to me. So unless they go on, you know, three and one, four and zero oh stretch here to close out the regular season, they're going to have to win two games just to get in to the actual playoffs. And with how banged up they are, I just don't see that happening. 